Hey feminist friends, welcome to Real Feminism, the podcast where we discuss films from an intersectional feminist perspective. I'm your host Jo, ho ho ho, Merry Christmas! (laughs) And today I'm joined by my fabulous co-host and elf in training, Sandra! Hello! Hello! You can call me Inga from Sweden today! Uh, we're talking about trading places today, and I genuinely forgot about the Swedish part of it. When she gets onto the train and she's like, oh, hello, I'm someone from Sweden. If I'd had a drink in my mouth, that would have come spraying out of my mouth, so I knew you were going to watch it. <laughs> she also says danke, which is German. It I'm is. like, all right. <laughs> but she's also wearing lederhosen, which I, so I guess the joke is that she's an idiot American. <laughs> unprepared so yeah we're going to talk about trading places today but before we do that i know i've just asked you how you are sandra but how are you have you got any fun tidbits or stories or factoids you want to share with the class it's christmas season how pg are we on this podcast you can say whatever you like okay Um, i told my friend i was out with my friends uh, melissa and jordan the other oh this weekend yeah Mm -hmm. And I told them, they were like, oh, how was the Halloween party? Because I said I was going. (laughs) I was like, yeah, it was fine. Funny story. They were talking about eating buttholes. And I was like, and they were like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I I wouldn't be into it because of the taste. And I was like, nope, my butthole, it's minty fresh. And a soul, baby. (laughs) And it just went completely quiet. (laughs) No. That's the funniest thing that I'm, I don't regret it. <laughs> Wait, you said that at the party? Yep. I have no memory of this. Was no, I there? Okay. I know I was at yeah. the party. But you were probably house. sitting at the end, other end of the table, so it's fine. I was probably having people putting tattoos on my bare breasts, which is a common thing for when I have a party, if I'm sober or not. I'm like, these titties, they need to be free. They're coming out. Good, good segue into this movie, by the way. Oh, yeah, because of all the boobies. There's um, a lot of boobies. Oh, Dave, man. man. There are a lot of problems with this film. Um, before we get into those, um, I'll, I'll do some little behind, you know, off-screen facts mm-hmm. for the people at home. This film came out in 1983. It was directed by John Landis, who did things like An American Werewolf in London. He did... Beverly Hill Cops, but three? I couldn't find one and two on there. He did Coming to America, so he's obviously worked with Eddie Murphy a few times. And he yeah. also worked on the Twilight Zone movie, in which I think a helicopter crashed on set and killed some people. Yeah. But he was deemed to be not responsible for that in court because there were too many people to blame. But We're still bitter about it. A little bit suspicious, if you ask me. Not over it. <laughs> That's it for the background people. I couldn't find any other people who were female or not white. Oh. Yeah. I think that's the first time that's happened that there hasn't even been a producer. I did. Uh, I I checked producers, right? (laughs) That's the 80s again. The baps and the the titties and the the, the (sighs) overwhelmingly white male attendance yeah all of them baps on screen but not off screen am i right Mm -hmm. okay so now comes the part of the show where joe tries to describe the film and she's not 
the best at it. Don't want to set myself up for a fail, but it is not my strong point. So, <laughs> so Trading Places is a Christmas movie, hence uh, oh, at the start of this episode. <laughs> And it features around two main characters, one, a white, rich man who was born into wealth, and the other one, a black man who was born into poverty and is now begging on the streets. And these two rich white men decide they're going to fuck with these men's lives and they're going to swap their places. So they, like, fire the white guy, they take away his home, they take away his fiance, and then they bring the black guy in. And basically, they're trying to decide whether their life and their lifestyles are a product of their environment or a product of their genetics and it's a comedy <laughs> i think that went okay <laughs> yeah and it did it did funny but it's it, it was funny because it's it's really a dystopian kind of plot and then and then like dot 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 and it's a comedy <laughs> <laughs> oh and also it's hilarious except for you know the racism and homophobia and, and the, the blackface and, and the sexism. I watched it so many times when I was younger and I didn't remember all of the shit. I when I watched it again now, I was like, oh, oh no, oh no. And then <laughs> when Dana Aykroyd came in with a blackface, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, it happens in the end. Yeah, we will get to that. So yeah, Dan Aykroyd's in it, and I have to say, he plays, obviously, the white, very rich man. I do enjoy his impersonation of a supremely rich man. I found that really funny when he's getting, he's woken up in the morning by the butler, and he's getting his face trimmed, and the way, his just mannerisms, I was like, this is yeah. Amazing. Good job, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, it was also really funny when he stood outside his own car and waited for the butler to open the door. (laughs) I don't know why I found that funny, but it was really funny. He looked like a little princeling, like, oh no, I couldn't possibly do it myself. That bit got me too. I was like, that's so weird, but I guess what rich people do. We wouldn't know, ha ha ha, lol on our lives. No, that is true. The <laughs> idea of someone opening it, like just the idea of standing back and waiting for someone else to open a door so that they can then drive me around feels very alien. Well, I've done it loads of time. Uber is a thing, you know. <laughs> they don't open my door for me. I was going to say. <laughs> Uber, you are here. Come and open my door for me. <laughs> that is the only way you'll be tipped, sir. Come here. Sir. So we have a couple of characters to discuss. The main one being Billy Ray Valentine, who's played by Eddie Murphy and is the black man who's begging on the streets at the start of the film. And we have Penelope Witherspoon, who is Dan Aykroyd's girlfriend. I should probably say his character is called Winsorp. And for about halfway through the film, I thought it was Randolph. So in my notes, I've like crossed out Randolph and written <laughs> Winsorp. So we've got her, and she's not in it too much. But then the other main I guess, well, the main female character in it is Ophelia, who's played by Jamie Lee Curtis, and who's today's we've seen. So in terms of the Bechdel test, recently, for reasons I don't understand, I completely forget to focus on the Bechdel test when I'm watching these films. And then it gets to recording and I'm like, oh yes, a whole part of this show I have forgotten. But I think it's fair to say it doesn't pass the female Bechdel test. No. And... The intersectional one, although there are other black men that Billy talks to in the film, I don't think they're named on IMDb, 
apart from possibly the driver of the two dukes. And the two dukes, for anybody who hasn't seen the film, is the two white old men that does the whole swapping and yes. does the experiment. Yes, well pointed out. I don't think the driver actually responds vocally. Good point. He just does the nod and the, the shaking of the head. I think even if he had responded, they're talking about the Dukes. So I, I don't think it would have made much sense. There are some characters in jail who are black. Do they respond other than the guys who tries to beat him up so i think it probably does because although they're talking about his arrest and what well because he's talking about the white man i guess that's the thing okay let's say i think that it doesn't because i can't i'm trying to rack my brains for even when they're in the prison talking it's mostly eddie murphy doing the talking and the other people and then wait well if the guys who tries to beat him up are named on IMDb, then I guess it does pass. Yeah. I because they're talking about him. Yeah, I think it's just Do-Rag Lenny who's named. Oh, fucking hell. One of the other guys is Big Black Guy. And oh. then even Bigger Black Guy. Oh. <laughs> and then Cellmate 2 and 3. So, yeah, that's not great. Is it weird if I bring up the fact that in the opening credits there are a lot of film sequences of just black people being homeless but no white people being homeless i don't know if that's because so one of the things i really like about this film is i do like the fact that they're acknowledging that poor people aren't poor because it's not their fault that they're poor and that if you give someone a different life, like a different start in life and different experiences and opportunities, then they will come out of it in a different way, which I like. So I think a lot of people, particularly if they're very rich and wealthy, think that they got to have this amazing job, amazing home, amazing career, whatever it might be, just because of them. And that doesn't mean to say that they didn't get there because they're also very intelligent and hardworking. But it doesn't take into account the fact that they might have been born with very rich parents who could pay for them to go to university and maybe get a PhD or could help them buy a house or support them in some way. I think my phobia against rich people is founded in the fact that I watched this film so many times when I was little. They're <laughs> <laughs> uh, horrible. Because I saw film. it again and I was like, I love this film. It feeds into my already existing communist mindset. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> so I did enjoy that a lot. And they there are a few lines that I wrote down that I thought was quite interesting in relation to this hereditary versus environment debate that the Dukes are having. So first of all. Billy, at the start of the film, bumps into Winthorpe, knocks him over and sort of helps him get back up and goes to give Winthorpe his briefcase. And Winthorpe, seeing a black man holding his briefcase, is like, oh, my God, don't kill me. Don't shoot me. Just take it. I, it doesn't matter. Just don't kill me. He's trying to rob me. And Billy's mm -hmm. like, no, I'm just trying to hand you back this case. Take so anyway, the case. He's just like, take oh. the case. <laughs> I don't want it. So when the police arrest Billy, one of the dukes says to him, you're from a broken home, of course. You have a history of juvenile arrests, I presume. And I was like, you can end up on the streets 
and not come from a broken home. Yeah, yeah. Like we don't like obviously you can, but I was like, they're looking at him and that what they're seeing is like a homeless black man and what are the stereotypes that come with that? Well, he must come from a broken home. He must have gone through all these juvenile things or whatever. And that can be the case, but also it cannot be the case. So I just thought I'd <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Well put. Well put. Maybe we should have a disclaimer saying that yes, we are two white women talking about yes. racism here. So yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of racism in the film. Jeez Louise. They also use a couple of words that are not okay. Yeah. So one of the things one of the dukes says is because I think they're talking about whether there's something wrong with Billy. And one of them says, of course, there's something wrong with him. He's a N-word. And I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. And there are a couple of variations of that word that is used. And one of them is very much considered not a word that anyone who's not Black should be using. The other word I also don't feel comfortable using, but is yeah. the harsher form of it. Does that make sense? It's Black in Spanish. Oh, we can cool. we can uh, we can leave it at that. Fantastic. <laughs> I do, cool. I do though, to the credit of this film, feel like yes, they do use these words and stuff, but it's to point out, it's to paint the picture of the Dukes being old, rich white men who are racist, and it's yeah. not. So it's not actually a problem with them using the word in the film because it just makes them more unlikable, which is the point. Yeah, I guess so. So it's not really, like, I don't feel... I feel a bit uncomfortable about us talking about it, but I didn't feel uncomfortable with it being, like, the villain story of the movie. I feel the opposite. I didn't feel comfortable with it being the villain story, but I feel okay talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. Yeah, because one of them also says at the end, like, oh, do you really believe I'd have a N-word running our family business? And the other brother says, of course not, neither would I. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. They just keep getting worse and worse. Yes. Although I should probably point out that Winthorpe uses the Spanish word for black. (laughs) No, (laughs) not not for black in general, is it? For the colour? Yeah, it's for the colour. Oh, okay. And Winthorpe says that too. It was like, it was all because of this terrible, horrible N-word when he wakes up from the dream and then sees Billy looking at him and goes to strangle him. Oh, yeah. I thought that was really interesting because in the film, he has, it's a very good portrait of a man, American man, I guess, which I wouldn't know anything about because I'm not American. But I feel (laughs) like in the 80s, it was a rich white man Mm-hmm. And he gets all of this evidence that it's someone else is screwing up his life. Yeah. And the evidence is clearly not pointing to Valentine, mm-hmm. which is the character Eddie Murphy is playing. But still, he's like, no, this minority group has taken my, taken my job, has stolen my life. Yeah. So it's not like about the individual. It becomes like... Yeah. It becomes a broader, I don't know. A yeah, it, yeah, because it becomes a way for him to be like, yes, I was right. All black people are bad. Yeah, exactly. Even though the evidence are clearly pointing towards there being another player, towards yeah. there being 
the dukes that are orchestrating all of this Mm -hmm. it's like he sees all of that and he still points the finger at the innocent bystander Mm -hmm. that happens to be a minority group the other thing that i noticed (laughs) so halfway through my notes i started referring to the dukes by their actual names and not just duke man (laughs) the duke (laughs) Duke Duke. one Duke number two, Mortimer, <laughs> Mortimer and Randolph. Yes, so Mortimer is the guy who thinks that we get to where we are in life because of our genetics, and Randolph thinks we get to where we are in life because of our heritage and our upbringing. At one point, Mortimer drops like a wad of money, and he's mm-hmm. expecting that Billy is going to steal that because he's just seeing oh, he's a black man, he's a criminal. I think at one point, either him or Randolph said he's probably been stealing since he could crawl. Mm-hmm. So he's assuming he's going to steal that money and it's going to prove that, in air quotes, the leopard can't change their spots. But instead, mm-hmm. Billy returns it to Morstrom and is like, oh, you dropped this. And you do see a moment, I think, where Billy's like, oh, look at all this money. And then he's like, oh, no, I don't need this. Because he's been, I think it's a good way of showing that for the in the majority of cases, people steal because they don't have a choice. Yeah. But if you if someone has like, I mean, he has. Well, I don't know if you'd call it job security because it's a weird, messed up situation that he's just been given a job by these rich people. But he's got like a job now. He's got a home. He's got enough money to feed himself. He doesn't need to steal that money. Yeah. And Dan Aykroyd's character is walking around the Christmas buffet, stuffing food into his. <laughs> santa costume because he doesn't actually know if he has enough money to eat yeah he doesn't know when he's next gonna get food um i that was one of my favorite and also parts. because he's mad of course yeah he's like <laughs> i'm taking one of their things like when he takes that salmon and just stuffs it into a santa costume oh it's so disgusting yeah <laughs> Oh, uh, then when he's eating it there's like bits of the dirty gray beard in his mouth as he oh yeah one of the things I did find interesting, and I don't know whether this would be the case, but maybe, uh, uh, who knows? Um, there's a moment where Winthorpe has broken into Valentine's office and he's trying to frame him to show that, look, he is a bad guy. I'm the good guy. Mm. And when Winthorpe after pulling a gun on everyone in the room, then leaves. The Dukes are kind of trying to say to Billy, like, oh, well, you know, he doesn't have any home. He doesn't have a home anymore. Like, it's not his fault. Whereas Billy's saying, like, well, that's no excuse. He has money to buy these drugs, right? Like, take it from me. I know these people. You can't be soft on them. Mm -hmm. And the expectation is that he would have been understanding because he was just in that situation. Yeah. And I don't know if I find that believable or not. I don't know whether maybe over time you'd start to believe that, well, I managed to get myself out of the situation, so why can't all these people? And you might ignore some of the reasons why you got out of it. I don't know. I definitely think people change quickly with money. Yeah, that is true. God, imagine someone just arriving in your life and being like, this is a house for you. I have a great job for you. You're going to earn £80,000 a year as a starting wage. Hmm. Ta-da! I would be like, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. But I'd wonder how it would change me. Also, I found it very touching when he, when Coleman is like, yeah, I'll, I'll 
clean up after your party to Eddie Murphy's character oh. and Eddie's like, yeah, thank you. And oh I'm my like, god, you're the butler. Oh. Also, I love that he was like, well, I thought that was a great success. <laughs> well, he got to see some titties. <laughs> I thought they had a lovely time, sir. <laughs> oh my god, the butler, bless his heart. One of the things I wrote down as well, towards the start of the film, where Winthorpe is still living in his mansion home, um, he has his girlfriend Penelope round for dinner. And throughout the whole scene that they're at dinner, the I can't remember the name of the butler, Coleman. Coleman, yeah. Coleman is making like crepe Suzette, I'm assuming. He's cooking them a pudding right there in front of them. And then they finish their meal. And I think Winthorpe says to him, like, oh, we're gonna take our coffee in the drawing room or something. And Coleman's like, No, no dessert, sir. Yeah. And then he's like, no, you can have it, as yeah. if he's doing him a great favor. And Coleman goes and dumps it in the in the trash. I thought that oh. was so brilliant, though. I was Me the too. whole film is very smart in like this is what society actually looked like. It, there's two yeah. white dudes at the top just doing whatever they want to other people. And the only way you can get back at them is cheating the system. Yeah. It's not even about working hard or anything. It's about if you want to take them down, you have to be as shitty as they are. I found yeah. it really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like the way that they're portraying these rich people because I think they are really out of touch with reality and with yeah. the people around them. Like the fact that he'd been like, oh, no, you have it. The guy's like, great. Thanks. And you're like, oh my god, he's just spent all of that time yeah. making food for you. Like, why would he go and eat all of those pancakes? <laughs> and obviously it's going straight in the bin, so that's like... Food. He might not even like pancakes. <laughs> I he fucking eat pancakes. what he wants, I assume. Working and living there, I assume he gets to eat. Yeah, I would assume so too. The other bit I noticed is when the Dukes, I don't know who comes to speak to them right at the start of the film, whether it's a butler of theirs or a waiter or mm. someone, like a member of their servant staff, comes up and gives them something and one of the Dukes says, oh, here's your Christmas bonus. The guy's oh, like, yeah. oh, wow, <laughs> a $5 note. I'll treat myself to a trip to the cinema by myself. Yeah, that was brilliant. It was so funny. But yeah. I think it's also the whole club situation is so poignant. Oh, that's a word. Yes. And it's because they have a plaque outside of the building saying freedom and justice for all or something like that. Mm -hmm. And also all of the servers and uh, wait staff, all of them are black. Yeah. And all yeah. of the dudes sitting there drinking and shit are white. And mm -hmm. also they're like, oh, do you want to join us for squash club or something? And then they're like, oh, we're going to sing you a song. And the ladies are just sitting there like a <laughs> like an audience. And they're like, oh, and now we do raunchy like misogyny. You're welcome. And the ladies are like, thank you. Hey, claps their hands. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it is It is a good, like, it sets the scene so well. Mm -hmm. I also wrote down about the Heritage Club sign because underneath it's saying, like, with liberty and justice or freedom and justice, it says uh, members only underneath. Yeah, yeah. 
I was like, that's genius because, I mean, that just negates that message, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's not freedom or liberty and justice for all. It's just for your very white, yeah, mostly yeah. male members. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so with that server, it did make me think. I was like, oh, yeah, you do get rich people like that who think they're being so gracious and kind to you. And in reality, you're like, wow, you're great. Thanks for this $5 note. So gracious of you. Mm. So oh, speaking of which, when they tried to tell, they tried to explain to Eddie Murphy's character, Billy Ray Valentine, mm. yeah, about what they're doing at the job, what mm-hmm. the broker trading thing is, and they tried to explain to him what bacon is, and his look <laughs> towards the camera is so good. He's like. <laughs> You don't think I know what bacon is? Yeah, it's, I really enjoyed that. Comedy genius. Comedy yeah. gold. It was yeah. almost like breaking the fourth wall or third wall or whatever the fuck you call it. I think it's the only time it happens in the film, but it was so perfect because yeah. you know. Just a deadpan stare like... t- straight into the camera. Yeah. You might know it from tomato and lettuce sandwich. What the fuck? <laughs> they also really dumbed down their description of their what they do because they also they had like the physical items in front of him oh yeah but so condescending even with the physical items being there and their very basic description i still don't understand (laughs) 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 so i was like on the one hand condescending on the other hand i don't get it (laughs) make it simpler should we talk about penelope briefly yes the girlfriend because It was, I mean, she's meant to be. Yeah. I noticed that she's all, like, she's in white when she's around at Winthorpe. She looks very virginal in this white outfit. Oh, and she uses words like mumsy. She was talking to Winthorpe about Mm. how, oh, mumsy's got this party. And I was like, please don't say mumsy. You're a fairly grown woman. (laughs) I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it when people do that, no. No. But and then, as you say, that's the point. She does yes. a great job of portraying, the actor does a great job of portraying a very unlikable character, yeah. Yeah, she does. She does a good job. Um, and then later, when she's gone to see Winthorpe, he's, he's been imprisoned, and she goes to see him, and on the court steps, she says to him something like, whose children I wanted to have and breastfeed. I was like, why breastfeed? No, I actually kind of like that because I was like, yes, that is a very hard sacrifice to make. Well, that is I true. I enjoyed yeah. it. I was like, yes, you understand how <laughs> how difficult it is to have the sore nipple. I don't understand it. I don't have children. but I was going to say, do you have a secret? But I know child? it's it's a lot of difficulties breastfeeding is is. a world full of problems it might be for some people and some babies it's fine but for a lot of people it's Mm. a fucking war every day yes i agree um i was like yes i understand that that is a big sacrifice i understand you (laughs) (laughs) i also don't i don't know if i fully blame her for not for I mean, turning her back on Winthorpe's a bit harsh. She probably well, could have. Well, if they didn't know each other well enough for her to be like, oh, well, he, he couldn't be a drug dealer, then I, I don't think they should get married anyways. No, that's true. And I kind of, I mean, 
from her perspective, he's been arrested. He's been caught with money that he's stolen. He's then been arrested and they've found illegal substances on him. Then when she goes to see him and they're standing on the steps outside, a woman who looks like a sex worker and who we later learn is comes up to him, kisses him, and then is saying like, oh, I need some more drugs, please. Like, I'll do that to yeah. you, like, and making it seem yeah. like... So I was like, well, I kind of get why she's not very happy. Yeah, to be fair, I I suspect everyone. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, no, they couldn't. Well, of course, I would be like that with Niklas, who I live with and I see all the time. I wouldn't suspect him of being a drug dealer because I know he doesn't leave the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that makes it hard. Because, yeah, I think, like, if this were happening with Lee now, I'd be like, okay, well, we've known each other for three years, so maybe we should have a chat about what's going on because this doesn't seem like you. But if we'd only been dating for, like, a month or two, I think I'd probably just be like, fuck this. Yeah, 100%. I would be like, I'm out. <laughs> Bye. I don't want to get involved in whatever the fuck this is. <laughs> I'm fine. Cool. I think that was all I had notes-wise for Penelope. Mm-hmm. While we're talking about the ladies mm-hmm. of the white variety, because it's really hard to find a film. Well, it's not really hard. There are films out there. But most of the films seem to if they're gonna have characters who aren't white they're always male mm-hmm. anyway um should we talk about Ophelia yes Jamie Lee yes. Curtis last night when I was going to sleep I was thinking about why on earth she takes this man in I mean I guess it's because she's thinking she'll get loads of money out of it at the end because he's saying he's rich mm-hmm. but then she suddenly becomes like a wife figure to him yeah yeah that's weird and nurses him in bed and says something to him like that she's gonna have like a nice she's gonna go out and do the shopping and make him a nice meal Mm -hmm. i was like for this man you what and then they obviously fall in love i was like i don't i've missed this obviously i don't get it so i i don't really have many i think that's how i feel about her character me? I think that she does a gr- good job portraying the character. Jamie Lee Curtis is a good actor, I would yeah. say. I feel like it's a good character in the sense that they're taking a sex worker character and they're like, they're people who are just trying to get by and yeah. do their job. And also Dan Aykroyd's character, Winthrop, is like, oh, wait. I feel like the whole film is like the greater good, you know, mm-hmm. in Hope First, like the greater good. It's like the whole premises and shit is good. Mm-hmm. And they portray like, yes, it's the rich old white dudes that are trying to f- fuck you over, not like someone else that they're trying to point the fingers to and say, that's the problem. No, they're not the problem. The rich white dudes are the problem. And then they put this character in there that is a sex worker and she's portrayed as like, you know, a nice lady who takes care of people and is like nice and just has a job. You know, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. And they also show her as being intelligent and sensible with their money. Because I think often in... Oh, yeah. She saves a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So she's saving loads of money and she's got a plan in her head of like how much she can make within a certain span of time. And yeah. So I do like that because I think in a lot of films where sex workers are there. And they're either, you know, drugged out. Yes. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. 
they're spending all their money all the time like they're spending it as fast as they make it whereas she felt very savvy personable I think it's it maybe it's Jamie Lee Curtis as well but it's it's a personable character and I think it's good to have that character in there for the greater good <laughs> but yes I do also think it's weird that she's like taking care of him he's being an ass also, yeah. very bad house guest. Comes home drunk, sleeps in her bed, even though she's like, take the sofa. He's like, I'm sick. Take care of me. I'm like, no, no. And I'm like, I know, like, she said to him, like, you're going to pay me X amount of money when you get your fortune back and I'll help you get back on your feet. Which I think is a good thing because yes. otherwise she would have been stupid and she's not stupid. So, yeah, she's like, I'm being kind to you, but there is going to be a payment involved here. Yeah. You'll be giving me some money. I did find it very strange when she takes her top off and snuggles into bed with him, gives him a kiss on the top of his head, and then they're just spooning. I'm like, what? I think it's supposed to be the body element, but she could have just had pajamas. The directors were definitely like, get your baps out now. I yeah. want to see them again because her titties are fucking amazing. I'm yeah, they are great. That they need to be in the shop, but I'm saying that Jesus Christ. Emily <laughs> Curtis's great bats. They were highly unnecessary for the film. Yeah. But a delight. Did not add anything to the plot. No, it did but not. But they got out several times. It was so shoehorned in as well. Like the yeah. bit where she goes to her Awkward, bathroom to undress. Yeah. And then she's just stood there in tiny, sexy black pants. And then she turns to him and is like, my body is not for free, basically. Or like something along those lines. And then yeah, I like the that, though. But the spooning yeah. thing is more awkward because she could have had pajamas. Yeah, I feel like she could have just seen him checking her out, maybe, if she'd been over or something. I don't know. I just, I was like... There is. It's a bit much, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a little, it's a little bit much. It's a little on the nose. We're on the on the nipples. Yeah, and whilst I like women or people in general being comfortable with their bodies, I was like, this doesn't feel like that was the director's intention with this. No, but more like they were like, "Hey, Jamie, get your tits out. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. want to sell some tickets." Yeah, although if I looked like her, I would get my tits out. All the time, bitch. I don't look like Karen. I do get my tits out quite a lot. <laughs> also, also delightful. Thank you. The other people who get their tits out are some of the ladies who Billy invites back to his house. Mm. Who again? I was like, I mean, like again, I really cannot judge them because they were taking their tops off and dancing at this party. And I was like, well, that's basically that is right the is thing that you do. Halloween. Yes, yes, yes. So. But also it felt like a director's thing. But I also felt like I was a bit freed about seeing normal bodies. Of course, they were extra hot bodies. But I was like, this is what bodies actually looked like. And now it feels like the only thing we see is just plastic surgery oh i didn't even notice if they they still looked very skinny with pert boobies yeah young extra hot pert people obviously but it looked more normal than today's like yeah and i was like yeah i guess that's what some people looked like 
but obviously a lot of sexism yeah and homophobia and ableism and all of oh this my shit. god yeah maybe we should talk a bit about valentine billy uh, at the start of the film because okay talking about the ableism billy's pretending to be lame and blind in order to, I guess, get sympathy from people so he can make more money while he's begging. And while he's doing that, he grabs hold of a woman's skirt as she's walking past him and is saying, like, once you've had a man with no legs, you'll never go back, baby. And when she ignores him and is basically like, fuck off, he calls her a bitch. Yes. (laughs) Yes. like, fucking hell. That was the most uncomfortable I was, I think, during the film. Because I felt like she was so uncomfortable. Well, obviously, it's not a real life situation. But if it was a real life situation, she would be so uncomfortable because he grabbed hold of her so she couldn't move away mm-hmm. and then calls her a bitch. And it happens. But Jesus Christ. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is a not a common occurrence in my life, but a common occurrence in lots of people's lives that mm-hmm. men corner them. Yeah. like hey do you want a piece of this and then when you say no they're like you're such a stuck up bitch yeah yeah it happens to me sometimes when I ignore people I always have my headphones on when I'm out yeah me sometimes too sometimes people scream at me and say stuff at to me when they're like drunk or whatnot in the nighttime, I I always like pretend that I don't hear them because that's the safest options sometimes yeah and also i think the easiest option because it means they're more likely just to lose interest and carry on and find someone who's going to show them some kind of to interact with them yeah but i also feel like it's a thing that you get ingrained in your mind when you're a female that it's like you can't engage because it can be dangerous yeah and also i think we're taught to be very passive and polite not Mm. aggressive i guess because like we would be well within our rights to be like fuck off yeah definitely but if the situation would escalate to a point where i had to say something i would definitely say fuck off yeah but if i know that i can just sneak away and pretend I'm not hearing them, Mm -hmm. that is an easier option, definitely. Yeah. And I felt so bad for her. I was like, Jesus Christ, it's not a likable character in the beginning. Definitely not. And also, because I don't know whether that's meant to be a funny moment or not, or whether it's just that they're showing his character as being unlikable and then he's going to become the rich guy who's great i, I don't know, I don't but, know. because the bit where he's like oh once you've had a man with no legs you'll never go back baby i was like i feel like people are meant to laugh at that and what they're laughing at is harassment yeah <laughs> but in the it's 80s weird, it's yeah. acceptable yeah. and now for a lot of people don't do that to people on the street or at all and then oh god Billy. the other thing in terms of ableism that i noticed with him is that when he's pretending to be blind and the officers take off his sunglasses because obviously blind people always wear sunglasses Mm -hmm. he's moving his head around from side to side constantly Mm. Uh, obviously neither him nor fucking i mean again he's meant to look like a bit of an idiot who clearly isn't blind and he's just trying to pretend he is but Mm. i was like that is not what happens when you're blind (laughs) maybe he's trying to do like a stevie wonder but i feel like he's stevie wonder is bobbing his head because of the music i don't know maybe one of our therapists is blind i was like yeah that's not how that person behaves no definitely not no they just you i think unless someone has maybe like a visual cue for sighted people that says 
like a stick maybe or like a guide dog or something that is like showing people I am blind or partially sighted you wouldn't know I don't think no I think it's just a I think he's just overacting because he's like what does a blind person look like I don't know you know yeah it did it made me wince quite a lot I, oh, oh yeah and then obviously when he, well I say obviously obviously for you and I when he gets in the car with the Dukes and they're telling him this is what we're going to give you, he leans forward to the driver and says, like, you know, what is the thing with these guys? What is it they're after? And then he says, well, then these guys are a couple of F-words, huh? Yeah. Think of a bundle of sticks. And I was like, oh. And he says it later then as well, like, I knew y'all were yeah, in, the, man. in the tub. But it was funny, though, when he said that when I was young, we had to fart in the tub to get bubbles so I, was like, <laughs> yeah, was I don't good. know why I found that funny it's a no that was that was a great line <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot but yeah, yeah was... lots of homophobia yes 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 a lot of homophobia and also quite sad knowing that I don't know what he's like now but he certainly was very homophobic in a lot of his comedy I know there's one stand-up that oh, yeah. started watching with someone and then yeah he was making very homophobic jokes and we were like okay <laughs> We'll stuff that right there and watch something else. That's fine. Thank yeah, definitely. You. Yeah. I think it's also like it's hard for us to watch that now, but in the 80s, I guess people thought it was funny, which is horrible. But it's like it's also a good testament of what the past was and where we are now. Yeah. In terms of popular culture. Yeah, there's a lot in this film that I feel, I feel like today does not hold up but in the 80s they were like oh it's funny yeah racial slurs and homophobia is hilarious that's okay the other thing i noted down to do with billy at the start of the film is when he's in the prison one of the prisoners says he was crying like a pussy and billy says something along the lines of i still walk in here like a man i was like Mm. oh guys come on oh there's that old misogyny again (laughs) oh god damn it But I feel like also that the character he plays is way more likable than Dan Aykroyd's character. Do you think so? Yeah, because he's like, oh, they're trying to fuck us over, both of us. And he tries to get help and explain the situation to Winthorpe. Mm -hmm. And it's like... If that was a real life situation, I would just cut my losses and be like, bye. Yeah. You know? I don't think he's very like nice about it. And he is like, oh, when Winthrop says, oh, that's his fault. He did this to me. He's like, no, no, I, I swear the Dukes did this. Hmm. And I feel like that's more you know he, he definitely reacted better than Winthorpe did yes definitely. although I guess for Winthorpe he's lost everything whereas Valentine's gained I guess I prefer Win. I think the only well but then there's the blackface face well. I was gonna say I think I prefer Winthorpe's character because he uses less of the homophobia and sexism and the slurs and stuff but then he does turn up in blackface should we talk about that Oh, Jesus. He's also very sexist and misogynist. Yeah. And racist. He is, yeah. I would say that Valentine is a more likable character. But let's get to the blackface. Jesus Christ. All right. I mean, there's so much about this whole train scene that that made, like, my cooch squeeze up and get tense. Mm. So the train scene is they're trying to 
swap out the crop report so that they can do some insider trading. And uh, they try it by doing some very stupid things. Oh, my God. James Bond, they ain't. They were so, they all dress up in these silly costumes. And also, I guess it's New Year's Eve because on the train, isn't it? Yeah, how did it get to New Year's Eve so quickly? Did they even have, anyway, just whatever. There are loads of people on the train dressed up, a lot of whom I noticed were like wearing Native American outfits, which I was like, <laughs> cool, not appropriate in this day and age, but very 80s, fine. And then Valentine dresses up as a Cameroon exchange student, was it? Mm-hmm. Which, uh, not as bad as the blackface, but also made my skin crawl a bit because it was, I mean, all, every person that they dressed up as was very stereotypical and it was all very wrong. Like you can yeah. tell from like Ophelia dressing up as a Swedish person, but she's wearing lederhosen and says Danka. Yeah. And she has meatballs as her snack. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <her> backpack. <laughs> I think it's definitely supposed to be bad because Eddie Murphy is just doing noises. Yeah, he's like speaking in tongues and I don't know what the brush thing is that he's slapping himself with continually. I was like, oh no. I think it's meant to be deliberately bad. Yeah. Yes. The Irish, was the Irish any good? I could No. 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 (laughs) Again, it was like, the accent was really bad. The butler dresses up like an Irish priest. Yes. And it's the stereotypes of being a priest who's also really drunk. But, you know, I, I get that, like, they're obviously idiots. But then we get to Winthorpe, who is a Jamaican man, and he is in blackface. I was like, oh, no, why? It's and so he, bad. Oh, my God. It's really bad. And I don't know why. I guess in the 80s, they were like, this is going to be really funny because he obviously does not look like a Jamaican man yeah and I guess in the same way that Felia is obviously not Swedish and Coleman is obviously not Irish I guess that was the joke they were going for I think it was yeah yeah but it it doesn't age well no no it does not like with the accent and then obviously the black face <sighs> it's very I mean there's a lot in this film that I'm like can we just take out this can we just take out that can we do that and then I feel like I can recommend it to people but as it is at the moment, I don't think I could say to people, oh, you should watch Trading Places. I wouldn't recommend it, but I would say it's a it's a good film for the greater good. <laughs> it's a good film because it does talk about a lot of common themes that are really timely. Yeah, it's still actually current. It still brings up a lot of topics that are current and that needs to be addressed and is addressed in a funny way that is like relatable and understandable yes exactly although the rich people would look different and do different things nowadays it's yeah. still the same i feel like maybe it would make quite a good educational film you could show to people to be like this is kind of how you understand a little bit about not institutionalized racism that's not the wrong word but like you can understand a bit about class and how that works and how it's a product of heritage and also, mm-hmm. you can learn about the things that we now consider to be very inappropriate and racist and you should not do. Yeah. That was all I had about that. I was just like, this is bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's bad. But the last thing I would want to say is like, oh, yeah, the gorilla costume. <gasps> the normal gorilla. The, the, the gorilla that was supposed to be an actual <laughs> ape. 
<laughs> it looks so much like a gorilla costume that I was like, this whole ending is, it doesn't make sense. And yeah. also the fact that he was going to be fucked by the gorilla is like mm. so inappropriate. Oh, I, yeah, again, I wrote that down being like, oh, they make a joke about that guy being raped by a gorilla. And it's meant to be funny that like yeah. you see his eyes widen because the gorilla's raping him. And I was like, oh, this is not funny. And also, is it not funny? It doesn't make any sense that yeah. then the and people... And both of the gorillas do not look like gorillas. No. At all. No one seems to notice that the man who's in a gorilla costume is a man in a gorilla costume. Like, you can see his eyes and the <laughs> white of his skin. I was like, how can no one know? And then he gets shipped off to wherever the gorilla was going. And the people who are there to collect the shipment are like oh that's weird wasn't there only meant to be one? Oh, hey what do I know take a look they're in love I was like why can nobody see that one of these gorillas is not a gorilla why can nobody see that both of these gorillas are just <laughs> men in costume it was so it was such a weird I was like why can't they have just managed to lock him in a, a, a cage or something and then run away why did, mm. Because they kept going back to it when they were like, oh yeah, what happened to that guy? And then... They could have just left him outside of the cage. Yeah, yeah, they could have, yeah, after that gorilla had knocked him out. But the Dukes are the real villains of the story and I feel like it's a good, a good ending in the way that they feel like the only way to get back at the Dukes is to cheat the system. Because yeah. that's what they're doing. The, the fucking rich people of the world are cheating the system. It's not hard work, it's cheating. That's mm -hmm. the whole point. I was like, yes, my socialist little... I'm not a communist. Well, I am a little... <laughs> no, I'm not, but... The socialist little bead in me is like, yeah. yeah. No, I didn't take offense of it. I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just forgot it, wasn't it? A bit like when we watched them, The Holy Grail, and they had that whole thing about Swedish moose mm. at the beginning, and I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> this is a whole joke that's in here. Every time people do Swedish people on TV, it's just so ridiculous. I love the, the ones in uh, Community, when they have the Swedes. I think they have Swedes? I don't remember. No, it's Brooklyn Nine-Nine when they have uh... Swedish like detectives, and it's uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need balls. Okay, shall we? Was there anything else you wanted to say? No, nah. nah. <laughs> I'm done. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> shall we rate the film, which I think is going to be interesting? Oh, Jesus, yeah. I was thinking about this last night whilst I was having a shower. For the intersectional side, my personal feeling is that don't know if I can give any points to a film that has blackface in it, uses homophobic slurs and racial slurs. I don't know whether I could, even though like it obviously has Eddie Murphy in it and his, uh, it's kind of a well-rounded character. I don't know whether I could give it any points for being a great intersectional film. It's definitely not intersectional, but I will play devil's advocate and say that they're trying a little bit 
to point out racism. Yeah. So maybe a two? A one. <laughs> Can we go in the middle? Because I, I wanted to give it nothing. Yeah. And then the female side again, I'm like, meh. Meh. I don't know. Oh, God. This film. Like, I like this film. There's so much in it that's not okay. And also, in terms of being a feminist movie, it ain't. It ain't. It does portray a sex worker as a normal person. So okay. maybe a two? A one? What is all this twos? What is all this generosity? <laughs> now I'm feeling Christmassy, I guess. <laughs> well, I'm not. A one? A one, okay. So overall it gets two out of ten, which I actually think is very generous. <laughs> it's the 80s, man! Ooh. 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 <laughs> Okay, cool. So Trading Places gets two out of ten. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, if you can get past the blackface and the racial slurs and the homophobia and the sexism and the titties, then it's a great film. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a family one for Christmas, though. No. If we hadn't already spoiled that with all of our talk about titties and stuff. And Sandra's Minty Hall. And Sandra's Minty Hall. Oh, Sandra's not Santa's. <laughs> Merry Christmas, y'all. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you for joining me today, Sandra. It's been really nice to have you back on the pod. Oh, thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you for having me, y'all. Also, thank you. I don't know if you listen to the episodes and know that I say this, but thank you also for the music that you made for the podcast. And for the website that you've created that people can see at some point when we put it up. You're welcome. Yeah. And thank you very much to Lee for doing all of the producing and editing and artwork. And thank you very much to me for being the host. I never thanked me. Me? Come on. Thank yourself. <laughs> love yourself. Love yourself. If you want to let us know what you think of Trading Places, whether you think you can enjoy it and get past blackface and all the other stuff um let us know you can find us on instagram and facebook at real feminism that's real start r double e l and we will be continuing the christmas themed movies and we'll be back in your ears in two weeks time where we're gonna talk about black christmas the og 70s version so until then bye bye bye